It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we are going to be breaking down a couple scenarios that could happen surrounding one of the most polarizing players in the recruiting game. That would be Zach Evans, so it's a show you definitely don't want to miss. Just real fast before we go any further, we've got some housekeeping rules you got to follow. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. At Locked On Aggies is the number one way you can reach out to us. It's at Locked On. It's Locked On Aggies. Very simple. Second, Aggies SI. All Aggies, part of Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Podcast Network, have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. You can go check out all of our great articles at si.com/tamu. And last but not least, if you want to follow me on social media, let me know what I'm doing right. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Just say simple hello how you doing it's good to hear from you it's really simple it's at mr cole thompson i'm a mr i'm cole thompson that's my name don't wear it out at mr cole thompson at si aggies and at locked on aggies as we prefaced at the start of the show today we're gonna be talking about zach evans now texas a&m recruiting class right now is looking pretty strong when you look at it on paper It is a top 10 class. They were able to get several five stars according to the 24-7 rankings. Uh, Overall, I think it was 13 four stars. Uh, I think it was 11 three stars. Those are things that you look for in a class. 22 players in your class and you have 13 already on campus already is promising for the future. But you're going to want to go ahead and get a guy like Evans to add to your backfield. So today we're going to be breaking down Three possible scenarios of what could happen with Zach Evans and where he could go. Why don't we start off with the first one, which is kind of weird, but it was brought to my attention last night. I was doing a podcast with one of my buddies for over at Sports Illustrated, and they brought up this scenario, which I don't think is going to happen, but if it does, it wouldn't shock that many people. And that is Zach Evans goes to the XFL. I know what you're thinking. Why would he go to the XFL? Why would that make any sense? How does that make any sense? Well, simple. When you look at the rules put in place by XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, there's no guarantee that says you have to go to college to play in their league. In an interview with Pro Football Talk last year, the XFL said that they did not have the same restrictions as the NFL when it comes to player eligibility. The XFL player eligibility guidelines are in development. Uh, The XFL is not restricted by the rules that exist in other professional football leagues. Later on in an interview with the Sports Business Radio Show, Oliver Luck told the staff that there's no subject to eligibility for when a player could come to the league and if that could be directly out of high school. Uh, But I wouldn't rule it out, Luck said per uh, Pro Football Talk. Nor would I rule out taking a player who played a year of college football and let's say isn't eligible academically, which does happen. Or a player who is two years out of college and is transferring or would have to sit out a year. A lot of guys don't want to. We're in that position to be able to take players who wouldn't be eligible to play in the NFL. But that's an option that we have and are going to look at hard. There are a lot of very good college players after a year or two who may not want to play that third year of college football, may need to earn a little money, support the family. 
that's not uncommon as well. When you look at Zach Evans and with the whole recruiting story that goes along with it, there is reason to believe that maybe this should work. I think the biggest thing that would stop this from actually coming into fruition is the fact of, is he going to be eligible to play in a league that may not be around that much longer? As a former employee of the Alliance of American Football, I watched firsthand a football league fail in its first year. We didn't, we're the only league in spring alternative football history to not make it a full season of play. That's what happened to us in San Antonio. We did not get a full season. So in reality, this could be a thing that happens with Vince McMahon's squad. And not because of the money that's set away. He has money set away. Over $500 million. Half a billion set away to build this program up. That's what he has. But if ratings don't work, and the game doesn't entice fans, and ticket sales go down, and you can't get anyone in the stands, that's what's going to ultimately make or break the XFL. And Evans would not be eligible for the 2020 season. He would have to wait until 2021 at minimum to go and play. So say he goes the college, junior college route, he goes through a roster to stay healthy, then decides instead to leave for the XFL in 2021. He'd likely sign a three-year contract worth up to, I think, $250,000. That'd be able to, I think, support his family long enough for him to be able to then make a name for himself there and go to the NFL. But also, just think of it this way. If the XFL works for, say, two years, maybe two and a half years, that's it. Then he has that year where he has to sit out or find another way to join another roster in order to play. Is he going to go to college for a year after playing in the XFL and hopefully make it onto their roster? That could deplete him. That could completely deplete his role. He could never make a name for himself on a college roster after coming from the XFL. And then the NCAA would have to allow him to join the roster, whatever that is, where he could have to sit out for a year and then just go to the NFL. There's a lot of ifs and questions to Evans joining another football league. But what I can say is that if you want to sell tickets and put fans in the seats, put him on the Houston Roughnecks roster next season. Let him be that 18-year-old kid who decides to go to a different football league, join that for a couple seasons, and if the league works, maybe he can transition over to the NFL. If he's able to do all that... Maybe this is why the XFL succeeds, because they're not limiting players who played in the NFL and almost made it in the NFL, or players who were, went undrafted and now are trying to find a place in the NFL or find another way to keep their football careers alive. If all that combines together to make a quality part play, I can see that's how the XFL works. But Evans wouldn't play no matter what until 2021, so... For us to say that he would go consider the XFL right now is a big stretch because we're not sure the XFL is going to be around in 2021. We know it's going to be around in 2020, and hopefully that's the case moving forward, but we don't know what it's going to happen in 2021, 2022 with this league. And maybe that's when Evans would be eligible to play in this league. 
But there are several other options for Evans and where he could end up going. And we're going to be breaking down those in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And guys, if you are not subscribed to any of our shows on the Locked on Podcast channel, let me ask you a question. What are you doing? We have over two dozen college football shows ready for your listening ears. Plus, we have a plethora of shows covering the NBA, shows covering the MLB, shows covering the NHL. We have the NFL with Super Bowl right around the corner. You're going to want to check that out. All you got to do is go on to LockedOnPodcast.com to get all the great insight coming from Texas A&M and all the other shows. We're talking Zach Evans today and where he could land the Memorial Mustang was initially apparently signed to a deal of a letter of intent to join Georgia. And right after the All-American game last early January, early in the month, he was released from his letter of intent and was able to reopen his recruiting. A&M has been one of the subject teams where he could go to, but there have been several other teams linked to him heading into the final stretch before National Signing Day on February 5th. We already mentioned he potentially could go to the XFL. Now, the other place he could go is away from A&M. Let's just focus on that. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable going to a school that close to Houston. Maybe he wants to be a little further away from home. He has options, and he has some schools that he could definitely go to. The first school I'm going to mention is the one where he probably could have gone if not for whatever reason, and that's Georgia. Georgia still, according to people I've spoken to, they're still recruiting him. While it no longer is a factor, a major factor to the roster to get him on the on their staff, they're still recruiting him. And he could go to Georgia. And when you look at the production of Georgia running backs and how they've transitioned to the NFL in the last several years, uh, starting with Noshaw Moreno in 2000, and I believe it was 11, so right in that era of the of the Matthew Stafford quarterback time was when Moreno was running the ball down in Athens. You put that, plus you look at guys like Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle. There's a few other guys that we can name. DeAndre Swift's going to be a high draft pick this year, probably. At least the top 50. You look at the success from those guys and how they've transitioned from Athens to the NFL. RBU is legitimately a good case to make down in Georgia. It really is. The only other school I look at to where I could arguably say maybe they are RBU is Alabama. Derrick Henry, TJ Yeldon. Mark Ingram, you know, you got a few more, Josh Jacobs. They're they're consistent. Their running backs get a shot in the NFL. What they do there, that we don't know, but they get a shot. I mean, even Keith Marshall for Georgia got a shot in the NFL. But those are the schools that you look at. They have a need for a lead runner with Swift now gone. They could rely on a run game not knowing what they're going to do at quarterback. Because Jamie Newman could be great. But he also is a rental player. He's a one-year grad transfer. You can build something with Evans. You can't really build it with Newman. You can expect good things that first year from Newman, but you can't really build it with Newman. If you get catch my drip. If they were to go sign Evans, they're getting a five-star running back to pair with an already pretty successful backfield for the future. 
and they don't have to really rely on Newman being the whole offense. Kind of like last year, how they relied on Swift being the whole offense and Fromm just carrying the team, minimal plays, kind of how Jimmy Garoppolo's done for the San Francisco 49ers this season. Same outlook. You don't have to rely so much on Newman now carrying the team. You can rely on the solid run game of a one-two punch plus Newman. The next school I think you got to look at is Tennessee. And here's why I say Tennessee. Because that was his last recruiting trip. Over the past weekend, Evans was up in Knoxville, according to our guys, uh, John Garcia Jr. at Sports Illustrated All-American. You can check out all of his work at siallamerican.com. He had a good visit from what we've been told. The Volunteers did not have a runner rush for over 600 yards last season. 700 yards, my bad. And they each only scored five touchdowns or less. Swift is a consistent 1,000-yard runner, if healthy. And he's versatile. He's got speed. He's got good hands out of the backfield. He can make plays with his legs. He's a receiving option. You're losing Jawan Jennings, too. You pair all that together, Evans would make a ton of sense. With Jared Guantano not really knowing where Garantano, not knowing where his future is, Brian Maurer also kind of having a rough freshman campaign. You don't want to rely on those two carrying the team. Granted, Garantano did win seven of the last eight games and did get them to an eight-win season after what looked to be the most embarrassing start to a season. I mean, we're talking, oh my goodness, embarrassing. 0-2 losses to non-Power 5 conferences, and you finish with a winning record in the SEC and also a 7-plus win season? Great turnaround. And that was on that was because of Guantana. Garantana. I'll never get his name right. Sorry, Jared. But you look at this team now, what we've seen, it's hard not to be impressed. They've done everything asked of them. And now you can rely on a solid runner in Evans to carry this team to go with a pretty good defense, in my personal opinion. Or at least a better defense with Jeremy Pruitt. You get that with Evans, it definitely makes sense. The third score I look at is Ole Miss, and here's why. Because Lane Kiffin is going to be the most relaxed coach. There's been a lot of issues and a lot of red flags when talking about this player. And there's more than just a few names coming out and saying, oh, I heard... No, it's a lot of people talking about Evans this way. Lane Kevin cares about one thing predominantly. How can you help my football team? Because if you can, I'm going to give you a shot. Lane Kevin's been known for bringing on this bad boy reputation as a coach. And while he has changed his ways from his days at Tennessee till now... And also added a few pounds. Sorry, Lane. You're getting hefty. He also has allowed players to not walk all over him. That's the slightest means. But he's allowed them to just be productive and worry about that. And we know he's good with running backs. Because he just turned Devin Singletary, a non-Power 5 runner, into a starter in Buffalo. So he has the ability to work with running backs. And he has the ability to work with Jeff Letty, who's done phenomenal working in backfields. Add all that together, and he's away from Houston, away from the danger that is up here, or anything that could maybe derail him. It makes sense. It makes sense for him to go to Ole Miss. 
Personally, the way I look at it now, I think Tennessee is trending in the right direction and Georgia's trending downwards. There's no guarantee when Evans will sign. But what we do know is that with National Signing Day coming up, we could be getting more clues. The final thing that he could do is join a roster that we all know and we're talking about right now. And we'll be breaking down why he would fit in A&M in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, as usual, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. All three handles work. You can follow all three to give us better content. Let us know what we're doing better and what we're doing right at our jobs. Let us know where we suck. I'm totally okay with being told I suck. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. We've been talking a lot about Zach Evans and where he could land in the recruiting race coming down to the wire, what we can expect from this guy, where this could factor in with AM. We've talked about him possibly going to the XFL. We've looked at the SEC as a whole. It's likely he's going to an SEC school, whether it be Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, or AM. Those are looking like the six options. But we haven't talked about if he goes to AM. And what this means to the backfield. For starters, they're getting their true second back. There is nothing against Vernon Jackson or Devin Acne. Acne is an elite player, but he might be better suited playing wide receiver or a swing back or a shifty runner in the backfield, kind of a James White role. He's known for speed. Jackson could be a workhorse, kind of taking over for that Cordarian Richardson role. But there's not a runner in the backfield besides Isaiah Spiller right now who can pick up the production that was lost to transfers. Daneric Prince, Cordarian Richardson, Jacob Cabote, and Jay Sean Corbin all transferred schools. Richardson still doesn't know where he's going. Cabote went to FCS and Carnet Word. Prince went to Tulsa. And Jay Sean Corbin will now be the lead back for Mike Norvell out in Tallahassee with the Seminoles. A school he originally wanted to go to before Fisher flipped his commitment over to College Station. You can't rely on one running back to carry your workload. And while Spiller was productive in his freshman year, I mean, you have to look at his numbers. Just shy of 1,000 yards, the only running back really for the last two weeks of the season... 10 touchdowns on the year. I think it was 150 receiving yards. He did it all. He really was a workhorse for AM. But now you look at this roster and what they're missing. The biggest piece they're missing, in my personal opinion, is running back. Spiller's going to have to do a majority of the work again. But I'm not sure that we can expect different results this time around. If you add a guy like Evans to the backfield, you're getting a true runner. You're going to be able to rest a guy like Spiller. Allow him to have time to use his legs for different purposes. Let him build off of what he's done in his freshman season. Let him learn to take time off on the bench. And you're not putting that much pressure on Kellen Mond either. You're getting a guy who can come in immediately and find success. A&M's recruited Evans. He, I don't know how much in recent days they've gone after him, 
But he went up before the bowl game. And he went up in the middle of the year. So he's made two visits to College Station and met with Fisher in the recruiting class. With a guy like James Coley also joining the staff, known for his recruiting style, this could be the deafening blow that brings in Evans to College Station. Production would go up at the running back position. You'd have more options. You'd be able to look at schemes and where each player fits. You'd be able to find a clear solution of where each role is defined. And you won't be relying so much on Kellen Mond to be the guy to change your team. You'll be able to realize that maybe you can look around the roster and see maybe you're going to rely on two or three running backs to carry you this game. There's sound pass off it, pass defense. All right, we're going to run it down their throats. Evans, you're going to be our speed guy. Spiller, you're going to be our change of pace guy. Acne, you're going to be our pass catcher. You can game plan easier when you have a guy like Evans in your backfield. And it's a nightmare for defense coordinators because of now you have to worry about certain runners being on the field and what they're going to do. And a guy like Evans can be your do-it-all three-down back. Spiller can do it too. And Acne and Jackson could be your workhorse in the trenches. Or they can be your swing back. You can send them in motion. Jet sweep. Reverse. Maybe even for Acne, you can throw in some passing plays. I've seen him throw. He's not the worst thrower. All of that can help change the market for this A&M roster. And every single thing that they do can help benefit this team. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Mr. Cole Thompson, and at Aggies SI. Tomorrow, we'll be taking a look at three ways A&M could take a step back in 2020. While there is a ton of hype around this Aggies team, there's no reason to just sit here and believe they are guaranteed going to be stars for the 2020 season. But we'll see you tomorrow. And remember, Gagam y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.